10 years later, I'm like, oh my goodness, I actually knew nothing. Like, what was I doing? Welcome to Good Things from the Couch. I am your host, Elizabeth Davies. I am a mental health counselor and author, and today I have with me a special guest, Gianna, who first saw me for counseling back in 2011. And at the time, she was separated from her husband for about a month. She wanted to fix her relationship and find out where things went wrong. She had a six-year-old daughter at the time, and she was also had some fears that her husband might be cheating because her father cheated on her mother. So this is a little bit of the background. So Gianna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. How are you? Good. I can't believe it's been 10 years since you I first saw know. me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a long time. Right. So I was just letting the listeners know a little bit about when you first started seeing me in 2011, what was going on. So I want to kind of go back to that time for a moment and let's let the listeners know what happened and what's going on now okay yes for sure let's go ahead and dive into it (laughs) (laughs) um so (laughs) basically i did end up getting a divorce it did end up going through i did get remarried um prior to that it was a long single life of kind of finding myself and reinventing myself more so than anything because I felt like once I was married to one person you kind of become that person you know you're doing what he wants to do and you're following in his shadow Mm -hmm. and you lose yourself a little bit as a wife I think a lot of people are familiar with that Mm -hmm. so I definitely had to regain myself and just Mm -hmm. completely figure out who I was as a person now Mm -hmm. and start over which I did um, I was single for a couple of years, you know, had my fun, did a couple of things, moved around, got a new job here and there. Um, and then I actually did end up meeting someone and we got married and had another baby or had a baby. So now I have more than one. Um, and we've been married now for going on six years. Wow. Um, definitely after the divorce, I was so anti-marriage, never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my husband just kind of walked in at the the worst timing ever probably but the perfect timing now that I look back mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of happened and here we are now. <laughs> wow so when you first started seeing me in 2011 and, and when you had left counseling after several visits um, and I'd only met your husband at that t- your ex-husband at that time one time you were still married at the time so yes, we were. and and you you were a young mom you when you came in you told me you were a mom at age 16 Yes, I was. So that's a very young mom. You'd been with your husband at that time, I think, seven years. Yes, it was about seven years. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like uh, being a kid in, like, in a relationship, like you're not even an adult yet, trying to start a family and a relationship. And one of the questions I have, because when you saw me, you were only 23 years old at the time. And my question is, who has skills to create a good marriage at age 23? <laughs> Honestly, no one. Right? <laughs> I think, I feel like I, at 23, because I started off so young, you know, I was forced to grow up, 
become an adult, get my life together very quickly, quick, mm-hmm. quicker than most, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it. We did it successfully for sure for a little bit there. Um, we had our struggles, but we made it through and we were a good team for the most part up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I thought I knew everything because mm-hmm. I went through the struggles and I was successful so young. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, 32 now, so 10 years later, I'm like, oh my goodness, I actually knew nothing. Like, what was I doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. getting married young, like I'm, that's definitely, and I tell family members even now that are younger or in that age bracket, like that is not what you want. To, I don't encourage it. I'm not against it, but I'm definitely not encouraging it. At that mm-hmm. age, I feel like even from like 18 to let's say 26, 27, like as an adult or you're growing into an adult. So yeah evolving and changing yearly as you're you know trying to find yourself and get your career together in your life and find Mm -hmm. that partner that you're going to be with so to rush it and to jump in and to just think you know everything isn't the greatest idea right but how many teenagers think that like i can say from raising teenagers they thought they knew it all and i knew nothing you know oh you just don't understand mom so it's interesting too even at 16 being a mom how you can say I really was very successful for several years, and I, I knew it all. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a typical uh, mindset of teenagers. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, How was it successful? Did you have your ex-husband's support, your family support when you're so young because you're not even out of high school at that time? How, how Like, looking back, how do you see it was yeah. really successful? Yeah. I feel like, sorry, I feel like in the success mindset it was more you know you graduate high school I mean more when I graduated high school Mm -hmm. definitely from 16 to 18 no I was like oh my goodness what did I get myself into Mm -hmm. what am I doing I need Mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. but after that when I say successful I mean like we both jumped into a college program to you know start a career and figure out what we were going to do we eventually owned a home Mm -hmm. both had brand new cars by the age of 19 wow so that was success for us in the moment Mm -hmm. it was like first time starter success Mm -hmm. you know we Mm -hmm. were barely climbing up that ladder but the fact that we were able to pull that off Mm -hmm. at 19 with Mm -hmm. the brand new home that we got on our own Mm -hmm. and the brand new cars Mm -hmm. that was a big deal for us considering where we came from yes Yes, absolutely. Who was helping with the baby then? If you were finishing school, going to college, and working, and um, his grandma for the most part, mm-hmm. she was amazing. She was always there, um, mm-hmm. even down to doing our laundry, which I hated because I didn't want her in my laundry. Right. But now looking back again, I appreciate that because mm-hmm. I needed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what would you say, because again, when you left counseling, you were still married. What would you say were some of the biggest causes of the divorce since you had been through so many struggles together at such a young age together? Um, okay. So I want to hit, I guess the biggest cause of divorce. I want to say for people around the world is more of the infidelity, I would say. Mm. However, let's break it down a little bit and talk about how it gets the infidelity, I guess, goes to that level. Yes. And I feel like that has a lot to do with the communication first and foremost, Mm -hmm. whether there's no communication Mm -hmm. or the misinterpretation when there is communication Mm -hmm. and it's just not working between the two. And then that eventually does lead to this person or that person 
falling out of that commitment slowly, whether they know it or not, because mm-hmm. now they're confiding elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then things mm-hmm. lead and go from there. And then once things happen, the trust is completely gone. Yes. And ultimately, that's what will end mm-hmm. the marriage. For most, I mean, there are some that try to stay and work it out. But for me, personally, that was not even an option. Right. Um, I remember you were afraid of the infidelity at the time because of your own parents, your dad cheating on your mom, you said, when you came in. And you didn't want to think that about him. But separation uh, and not being together every day, like you said, makes can make us more vulnerable in a relationship to like you said, seek for our needs getting met elsewhere. It's so good for the listeners to know that too, Gianna, that it starts with communication because statistically that is the number one reason for divorce is poor communication because the less you communicate, the more distance that happens in the relationship, right? And then, like you said, we still all have needs. We have needs to be loved, needs to feel appreciated, needs to feel accepted for who we are, a sense of belonging. And if we're not getting that from our partner, well, where are we going to get those needs met? And if you're not communicating, like you said, a breakdown in communication, it's like makes us even more vulnerable to seeking out those needs outside of the marriage. And then it led to, you're saying it led to infidelity. So your ex-husband, did you did find out that he was unfaithful? I did, yes. So I was... I your worst fear realized. As a woman, I think you just kind of have that intuition. Mm-hmm. And you know, but you don't want to accept it. Yes. Um, but eventually it was just, it becomes so much in your face. You yes. kind of have yeah. to accept it and then decide, you know, what what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring up commitment too, because communication is one of the foundational um, requirements of having a long-term relationship, right? There's five requirements to build a strong foundation, and then from that foundation we can build up. So communication is one, commitment is one, that's like the super glue to a relationship, trust, love, and respect. So when you lose communication, it's like there's already a crack in the foundation, and so now you're on like a wobbly foundation to build a relationship on. And then when you lose trust from infidelity and also respect... Right? Wouldn't you say when your spouse cheats on you, not only do you lose trust in them, but the respect for what they did? Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So now you're on a super wobbly foundation and you can't build a, a healthy relationship from a with all these cracks in the foundation. It's not going to be strong yeah. to withstand difficulties. And you did mention love as part of yes. those five keys. And, you know, for me, I... Because you do kind of go back and forth in your mind, like, what do I do? This is going to break up my family. This is going to break up everything we've worked for. Now we're going to have to split our child. And, you know, you go through all those emotions naturally, as any woman would, I would assume. And you do contemplate, do I stay and fix this? Do I I leave and start over? And then again, if you are the woman that's supporting this man, I mean, it could be vice versa as well. Right. Um, but if you're the person supporting the other person in their journey to success with their career and their education, and you're kind of putting yourself on the back burner a little bit, mm-hmm. so you haven't really evolved as much in your career or even as a person because you kind of took the backseat a little bit, you mm-hmm. do question what is the right move. And yes. personally, I know a lot of women that have stuck around longer than they should and are still in the position today because of that position that they played while their husband was building that career yes but for me when i bring in the word love i got to a place where i kind of said i love you but i have to love myself more yes and that's where my decision came to Mm -hmm. go ahead and proceed with the divorce and move Mm -hmm. forward even though it was literally the scariest thing i've ever done in my life Mm -hmm. and the whole time i 
you know, questioned myself. Mm-hmm. Is this the right decision? Am I making a mistake? Should we work it out? You know, mm-hmm. but I kept pushing forward with it. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, to this day, I don't regret it at all. I think that was the best decision for me. I don't think emotionally or mentally or anything like that I could have gotten over it. Like, that's just not something for me anyway. You don't mm-hmm. just get over those things. Right. Well, it leaves so a I- seed of doubt, right? Like, I've worked with so many couples with infidelity, and you're right. Some people stay, and some people stay because they don't maybe just even have one child, but they have several children. And, like, you went through the thoughts of, like, should I break up my family because this affects my daughter's childhood. How old was she at the time when you and your ex-husband divorced? I think at that point she was, like, seven, going on eight. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just difficult for the whole family. And it's not about loving yourself more than loving your partner. It's about loving yourself equally so that, that yes, it's good to love him, but to love yourself enough also to not be put in a situation where you're being cheated on, disrespected, having someone who's not committed to the relationship, not treating you in a loving way. When you really love someone, you don't make choices that are just for your own best interest in being self-centered. You make choices for what's good for the whole family, for the whole relationship. And so when you're with a partner and they're cheating on you, they're not thinking about what's best for my wife, what's best for my daughter at this time. They're, they're being in a self-centered mode, which is not love in that moment. Yes, I agree. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So so then um, I wanted to ask you a couple more things. So that's the biggest cause for the do- divorce was the communication, which led to infidelity, which broke the trust, which broke the respect. And then the love, you kind of, like, you question, if this person really, really loves me, would they be making this choice, being unfaithful in the marriage? Yes, They're not putting the marriage first. The yes. You question it all the time. I don't think that you can recover from that type of act on the other person's end and Mm -hmm. truly ever feel the same you know i know people work it out all the time and they do therapy or they you know go to church together or whatever they do to fix their emotions but i i know i was gonna say i feel but no i know as a woman that isn't something you just get over like you probably will do forgive him and you move on because time heals right apparently apparently (laughs) but (laughs) i think no, I know it's always sitting there in the back of your mind. Yes. And you have to just be strong enough to fight it off and strong enough to move on or strong enough to be positive for that day yes. or, you know, whatever it may be. Yes. And and it's true what you're saying, like, it's always in the back of your mind, like, this person was unfaithful once, would they be unfaithful again? Especially when you go to have sex in the relationship again, you know? How can you not be thinking of, like, this person, this person that I love and our, our marriage bed is you know, faithful, like you were faithful to him, how can you not be thinking like, yeah, but they were with someone else at that time? How can those thoughts not go through your head in moments like that, which make, which basically break the intimacy? I mean, make it really unhealthy intimacy, right? And couples do get, and couples do forgive, like you said, like they do forgive and, and say, okay, in my mind, I unconditionally forgive this person for doing this. And the person that's the cheater, if they come back and they, and they really change their behavior. They 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 apologize, and then there there is a huge, enormous behavior change. So they become faithful. I still think it could take years and years and years and years to get back to a healthy place because of the trust being so damaged. I agree. I just didn't plan to attempt to do that. Right. No. <laughs> I don't. I understand. Know. I can't speak on that part. Like years down the road, how you would feel, but right. I just chose to move on yes yes absolutely yeah 
So here's another thing I wanted to bring up because at the time that I, uh, I only met your, your ex-husband one time, right? And when he came in, he was working, I think, 36 hours a week and going full-time to school. So mm -hmm. there was no quality time. Right. Right. And I wanted to know, even though you said communication was really the number one reason that the marriage went kind of in the direction it did and declined into infidelity, was quality time like a start or two? Was that, did that have an impact? Because at the time, it seemed like it did when you guys both saw me. Like, there's no quality time to build a relationship here, working and going to school full-time. Yes. So when I say communication was a factor, I mean more in the sense like I was voicing that I needed time, that yes, we were drifting yes, apart, yes. that this wasn't working anymore, that it was more of a business situation mm -hmm. than a relationship and mm -hmm. he wasn't listening to my needs. Yeah. Um, so that's where it falls into the quality time. Yes. Um, he kind of stayed stuck on the whole, he's not going to change his life and this is what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what made us even more drift away and lead to the direction that we went. Yeah. Um, currently though, my situation has kind of flipped and I am the workaholic <laughs> and I'm the one always busy. Oh, no. And my hus current husband is the one wanting the quality time and wanting my attention. And at times I am neglectful. Mm -hmm. um, and I hate to say it, but I'm more aware of it and more conscious of what he needs and what he wants. And I am working on it every day, mm -hmm. trying to give him the attention needed. Yeah. But being on the other end, I kind of see it as well. Now, again, you grow up, yes. and you're in a different position. And I yes. see like, I'm trying to get us to another level. I'm trying to do a thousand things at once. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes your needs of attention or time are going to be put on the back burner and for a while I was in the mindset of like it is what it is mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you mm -hmm. however I did have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and realize like this is what broke my first marriage yeah. do I want to go down this road again but me being in that position to be able to change yes. it and not yes right uh but you're right in order for it to be successful we do have to prioritize our time uh to give them the message like I value you and our time is what says that. How can you tell the listeners how we can shift it and make marriage a priority, even though we're a working mom, right, and, and a wife? Like, how can we do that? I'm definitely still juggling this myself and trying to figure it out. Um, but I have recently, we recently, well, it's been a little bit now. We have put it, been putting more time into each other. Um, even if it's like the small little things like, you go to bed, put your kids to sleep, and you go to bed a little bit early and watch a movie together. Or yes. even in downstairs, you know, in the or in your home, in your living room, watch a movie together at night. Yes. Um, we recently got a patio set, so sometimes we're out there. Just us, though. You yes. have to remove your children. Yes. And again, I'm yes. learning this slowly because before, I'm a super huge on let's hang out and have big gatherings. Let's... <laughs> like let's go bowling with everyone yeah. or let's do a vacation with everyone or and I have a huge group with me or my kids of course yes. so I'm slowly learning to actually have the one-on-one -on -one time and not yes. just the one-on-one -on -one time when you go to, to bed and you know it's time to have sex like the actual one-on-one -on -one time yeah. Going to dinner, going on a date, yes. doing the small simple gestures. Yes. Again, even watching movie downstairs together, sitting next to each yes. other yes. is a big deal and it goes a long way. It's the it smaller does. things that matter. <laughs> it does. Um, and I actually enjoy the smaller things like just sitting in our backyard and talking yeah. about our future plans is 
more exciting to me than oh let's go to dinner together just yeah. you and i yes yeah. and i do try very hard i'm super huge um and i don't know if he actually has caught on yet because it's been years but <laughs> i you know other than saying like i love you when he's leaving or mm-hmm. on the phone and we're gonna hang up i make it a point to text him every day at least one time when okay. he's at work and i'm at work and say okay. i love you Good. That's wonderful. That's super important, right? And I love you. Or I remember uh, learning this years and years ago and practicing this in my own marriage and talking to couples about it. Like every time he walks in the door from work or you walk in the door from work and you go to say hello, you stop and you give them a kiss and a hug. Yes. Yes. And the saying that I love you once a day is super important too. Because that's, that's one of our needs to know that we're loved you know, and valued and uh, accepted by this person who's with us. Like, we're partners in it together. So, have you, do you still have any type of of communication at all with your ex-husband because of your daughter? Oh, my goodness, yes. (laughs) (laughs) We are actually, well, obviously, you know, we talk because we have our child, but we're actually really good friends. It's kind of crazy i mean i guess it's not because we were together at 16 so we grew up together for the most like to be honest i think yeah um and we did go through a lot of struggles together and yes he had his one mistake um which was the struggle to get through i think we honestly argued for about a year straight Mm -hmm. but like every day for a year it Mm -hmm. was insane Mm -hmm. but you know once we got past that hump and you know the healing kicked in and time and a lot of deep i'm sorry conversations we were able to get over it and truly become friends good um i do know he regrets what he did he's told me a million times Mm -hmm. you know it is too late it is what it is but as far as the friendship goes we have tried to keep that there as much as possible Mm -hmm. with boundaries of course because we're both married um but my husband's really good friends with him as well too so it kind of makes it even more easier yeah um to keep that communication and that um friendship going good That is good. And you know what? You made such a good point for listeners because a lot, like being that now that divorce rate is between 40 and 50% of the time, and most people, a lot of the people have children. And like you said, we still need to be co-parents together with someone that hurt us that we divorced from. Uh, The fact that you said all the I'm sorry's and the healing happened. I know you mentioned earlier time heals, but I can say from being a counselor, there's people that hold on to things for 10, 15, 20 years when they come into counseling and see me. They bring up something that happened in their childhood and they're in their 40s, you know. And time didn't heal because they didn't forgive. And so what really worked, what, what you're really saying here is like all the I'm sorry's allowed for healing because the I'm sorry's does help healing. Yes. I mean, it does take time for yes. sure. Um, yes. I think... I mean, I, yeah, definitely know when, you know, people break up, whether they were married or not, and there's kids involved, if you don't resolve those issues with one another, again, you don't have to be together just to resolve an issue or to talk about it, or like I said, an ex- extend an apology, it kind of hurts this whole co-parenting situation, and it drags on for years, and it makes it difficult, and I know a lot of people even tell me, I expect co-parenting to be easy, to be honest, because I do it and it's easy for me. I mean, we're not perfect. We definitely have had our ups and downs 100%, but we are able to come together at the end of the day and make the best decision for our child together. Good. And it works for us. For That's great. People, it doesn't work. And when I see it not working, I don't understand it. But I do feel a lot of it has to do with the lack of the genuine, I'm sorry, and I apologize. Mm-hmm. 
unfortunately this is our situation but i do apologize for doing this her and that her and making mm-hmm. you feel this way and that way because there is no healing and there is no forgiveness going on yes that person there are probably both of them are just holding on to whatever emotions they have and yes. continuing to try to co-parent which isn't effective right you said we have made an agreement to come together to co-parent together for what's best for our daughter which means you took the selfishness out of it so you put your stuff aside for a minute and say what's best for our daughter right Yes. Which shows real love. Like that's a quality of real love is not being self-centered and thinking about what's for the highest good of the relationship for our daughter. So the fact that you can both do that together helps your daughter's childhood as well. Because you're right. I mean, when when we have to co-parent uh, with a person that we've been very, very deeply hurt by, that we're divorced from, if we don't heal, the child also gets a lot of devastating emotional trauma from that, I want to say. I can't tell you how many adults come into my office today who are still just literally unhealed from all the fighting their parents did during a divorce for years and years, the back and forth, went to one, the dad said horrible things about the mom, the child was with the mom, the mom said horrible things about the dad, and this went on their whole entire childhood until they moved out at 18, and now their relationship with their parents is terrible because their parents could never just put it aside for a moment and just say, what's best for our kid? Mm-hmm. Right. I I agree. I think for sure, you know, that's pretty natural what you're saying when it comes to any type of breakup on yeah. whether you're married or not. And I'm not going to say that we haven't gone back and forth like that in front of her or maybe, you know, said stuff about each other behind each other's back or however it goes. But I think once we were just able to realize, you know what, this, when we talk about you and I, this isn't working and all we're going to do is argue. So why don't we, like you said, other to the side so Mm -hmm. we can parent this child because that's the only way that we work we only come together and we're only able to be calm and civil when it's about her when it's about us and our emotions that just goes crazy and everyone flies off the handle and it's not worth it so for a little bit we had to fight that urge to want to fight each other um just to put her first Mm -hmm. and then you know eventually like i said we had those conversations and we were able to truly get past it. I think now, for the most part, there isn't any problems. If there is, we definitely go directly to each other um, quickly, calmly, Mm -hmm. sometimes not calm, but most of the time (laughs) calm, (laughs) and then figure it out. Um, We've had enough blow-ups, I think, to realize that, you know, we don't always have to blow up on each other. It's easier to just talk about it and move on. And sometimes you do agree to disagree. And it just, it is what it is. I mean, they are your ex for a reason. You're not going to agree with everything. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. But you, you know, agree to disagree and make the best decision in the moment for whatever it is and keep it moving and it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you just did so much mature learning, learning from the past and really reaching and striving for what's better in communication and in relationships. That's what it sounds like from what you're telling me, which is just wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. And you know what, part of it is like, after a while, I know for me personally in my marriage, one of my intentions on my daily on the daily is like, I want harmony. I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm fighting every day or arguing every day, you know? I mean, it just robs all of your peace of mind. It just just on it puts you on a trajectory emotionally that is just negative and unhealthy and mm-hmm. so sometimes just making a very strong intention daily to just say i'm going to have harmony with this person and if they argue with me i'm going to just 
not say anything or I'm going to walk away and excuse myself and hit my reset button or whatever and just being so intentional to have harmony even doing that with one person in the relationship doing that can make a big difference on the, the arguing decreasing I understand what you're saying about the harmony but I feel like us not arguing put us where we are today because nothing was ever truly spoken and it was always just brushed under the rug Mm -hmm. and let go and let's not argue about it let's not fight about it Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day it all you know came up from the rug and was brought to light and Mm -hmm. you know went from there Mm -hmm. um i do feel obviously when you're in sync with your partner you guys are definitely in a better place and you're thriving to a whole nother level together and Mm -hmm. the vibrations are amazing with one another and the energy is positive Mm -hmm. um but I do think in a sense it's also healthy to have, I don't want to say fights, but I want to say conversations yes. where there may be some disagreement that yes. needs to be discussed yes. and not necessarily brushed under the rug. Right. And again, if you agree to disagree, that's perfectly fine as husband and wife. You can do that. However, there does, does need to come some type of solution to what's going on. Yes, yes, yes. Again, that communication being so vital. It's huge. Huge. It's really huge. It's huge. really big. Um, I definitely, in the first marriage, I think was a lot quieter and to myself. And I don't think I started voicing very much until the, towards the end. And it, I was honestly too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say I took those couple of years to be single and figure myself out, I definitely turned a whole new leaf with how I am when I approach people, relationships, things I don't like, things I do like, mm-hmm. um, what I want, what I don't want. I'm very vocal now. Sometimes people think I talk too much <laughs> or say too much that I shouldn't, but you know, I'd rather say it and be honest and yes. confront it than yes. do what I did before and run away from it. Yes. And yes. then eventually I'm in this hole that I'm where I'm miserable and I don't know what to do and it leads to further destruction. Yes, yes. I 100% agree with you. Uh, you know, we have to voice what we need, what our needs are. We have to be assertive and let people know how to treat us, set boundaries. Uh, communication is so, so key. It's vital. For any healthy relationship, it's vital. So it sounds like, and you know what, and having a good self-esteem, it just gives you a voice. And that's another thing you're saying, you know, like... I have the right to have a voice and speak what I need in relationships and what I desire from people and how to be treated and set boundaries with people and let them know what's okay and what's not okay and because uh, no one's a mind reader, right? How are people right. going to know what you need if you don't say it? How are people going to know how to treat you if you never say it? Right. Yeah. And that goes for every relationship, I yes. feel, yes. not just in your marriage. That's right. Across the board, the boundaries are completely acceptable. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I had one other question for you that I thought was really important for listeners because this happens to a lot of people, not just with marriage, but with goals. At the time that you first started seeing me, you came in and you said, my goal is to understand where we went wrong and fix this relationship, right? This is when you had just early been separated. Um, Yet, in the relationship, at the time, you were telling me you were doing things that were kind of what I call sabotaging the goal, like egging them on to divorce you, or taking off your wedding ring, or doing things that were, what do you call, weren't in alignment with what you were saying when it says fix fix this marriage at the time. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I just think it's a super good point for listeners. Like, how do we not sabotage our goals? Like, whether our goal is to lose weight, whether our goal is to work out our relationship, whether our goal is to get a better job, or, you know, make more income, or, uh, you know, 
whatever our goal is at the time, how do we not sabotage it? So I wanted to just bring that up because at the time that was going on. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. So did you learn anything about that part? I'm very interested in that. Let the listeners know what you learned about that piece. I feel like this is kind of a hard one, a hard question, just because I don't think you intentionally self-sabotage anything across the board. Um, In that particular situation, I think that I was so worked up into my feelings. Yes. And I was reacting to what I knew how to react. Yes. which was to freak out and let me get his attention by doing this or yes. that. And it obviously wasn't working, but it was, I want to say the self-sabotage comes with fear mm-hmm. in general across the board. Mm-hmm. You're in fear of whatever you're doing. And so you're self-sabotaging without even realizing. It. Mm-hmm. Like and fear of like the change. Are you talking about like when you say fear, like fear of the change or fear, fear of, of losing him, fear of getting the divorce, fear right. of him cheating. Right. So I was doing all these things to act to get the attention or get the reaction or mm-hmm. get him to care yes. and you know change his actions but it wasn't working all it was right. doing was pushing him further away mm-hmm. um but i think it's natural though as a girl as a woman you know girls are crazy sometimes <laughs> especially <laughs> if they think that their husband or spouse is cheating yes. or doing something that they shouldn't be doing they're going to react in yes. a certain way. It might not be who they truly are, and right. they may even fight that and not want to be that right. crazy girlfriend or wife. But when a man pushes you to a certain level, you know, a woman is going to react, mm-hmm. and vice versa with men, sure. even though it's more the other way around. But it is vice versa. You know, they're going to react. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be the crazies and go through your phone and, you know, do different stuff. And it, honestly, I feel like at the end of the day, looking back now and being older, the only thing that it's doing is pushing him away, mm-hmm. pushing the man away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not confront. Typically, they're not confrontational. They shut down. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. want the argument. They want to be more like, let's just be chill and have a good time. Right. So when you're doing all the crazy stuff, they will shut off. But yes. I think as a woman, naturally, you're self-sabotaging because you're in fear of losing something you love or mm-hmm. something you want. And mm-hmm. you, again, you're not intentionally doing it, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you definitely have to grow and kind of fight that urge to be the crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, become aware of it. Become conscious of it. Retrain mm-hmm. your brain to mm-hmm. react differently mm-hmm. and not necessarily jump right to whatever <clears throat> your insecurity is or your doubt is. Yes. And, you know, react basically more on the positive even though it might not be a positive situation and again easier said than done i get it but at the end of the day if you would take a step back take a breather maybe even give yourself an hour before you react to Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. maybe longer than an hour for some but (laughs) right (laughs) you might have a better outcome at the end and not necessarily self-sabotage your relationship or your goals or whatever you're working towards yes I think you made such a good point about fear, right? Whether, like you said, whether we're afraid of the divorce or we're afraid of the change or we're afraid or we're afraid a lot of times people are afraid to give up alcohol or drugs as coping or uh, fear of a new job or just that. It's like you said, underlying is the fear, and I think that's very, very true with self-sabotage. Um, I also think you made a super good point, uh, Gianna, about insecurities and fear because some of the stuff I've read, too, about people sabotaging, which is super common, is... We anchor into, like you're saying, I was reactive, okay? 
I'm in a relationship with someone I love who is breaking up my family, who is hurting me. And the reaction comes from like, you're hurting me. You're not supposed to be doing this to me, right? And now I'm fearing this is going to break up my whole family, break up our marriage, you know, ruin our love, all these things. But the truth is, if we if we were able to be strong enough if, as human beings to not waver so much based on what people said or did, I think we would be less reactive. And if we anchored more into instead of what people are doing and anchored into something like like for me it's like anchoring into faith or anchoring into truth or anchoring into love or something that is very good and being able to be able to stabilize our emotions in the face of someone hurting us I think we would fare much better I mean like you said it is a skill we would have to practice like continuously because so many of us are deeply do personalize what people that we deeply love and care about do to us like it's soup like you said it's really easier said than done to do this yes. type of a thing but um, it, it it's very hard but sometimes instead of trusting in people we trust in ourself and our creator or we trust in something bigger than us like love or truth or faith or something else to strengthen us it can keep us more in line and be less reactive so that we can continue yeah. to accomplish what it is that we set out to do yeah definitely it's hard. It's definitely hard. I'm, yes. I keep saying I'm not going to say that it's not, but um, you know, if you practice it over and over, I'm um, even get into book readings. If people out there like to read, um, breaking the habit of being yourself is a great book for that. It kind of shows you um, how your brain's wired and what yes. why you do what you do, and that actually did help me to kind of become aware and conscious of why I was doing what I was doing. There were so many times in the book where I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I do that, mm -hmm. and, you know, and that kind of helped me to become aware. So when I was going to do crazy things or react in a negative way to something, I was able to kind of tell my mind to take a step back and relax mm -hmm. and let's actually approach this differently. Yes. And I learned that when I did take that moment to tell my brain to be different and I was different, the reaction from my hus current husband what or even you know my mom was a different reaction 100 yes. a different conversation a different outcome yeah. and it was so mind-blowing because for the longest time when it came to that particular topic with that particular person it was always a blow-up or mm -hmm. an argument or like you automatically um what is it you automatically don't want to have that conversation you're just like oh my god oh dread that conversation right. you're like oh my gosh i don't want to have this conversation but we have to yes. but now with being able to react differently that conversation has such a better outcome mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you almost become, you almost fall in love with this new reaction and this new person and this new mindset. Yes. And you want to continue to practice that and yes. let go of the old, the old, yes. the person that's self-sabotaging and ruining your life and yes. making it horrible. And yes. at the end of the day, it's all you. You're the one doing it. <laughs> It you is. can control it. You can control it. <laughs> a lot of conversations and negative thoughts and energy that go into situations are because you are creating them in your head and yes. they're not actually happening in your reality. Yes, that's a hundred percent true, and it's such a wise truth that you're saying. And I hope listeners paid attention to that. Yes, yeah. and it comes more in a loving manner. Than, yes. Oh, she's coming at me again, or oh, she's right. yelling again, or she's mad right. again. To where with men specifically, once you're yelling and complaining, they're shutting off. Yes. they're not listening to you. Right. So yes, your um, topic or whatever you're trying to say may be important and, and valid and need change or you want change but it's never going to happen if you're coming at anyone 
like a crazy person. <laughs> yes, that's right. If they feel attacked, they're going to shut down. So what are some of the biggest takeaways that make this marriage so much more successful than the first marriage? First of all, chemistry. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely undeniable, and I think that that's been there from day one. Um, but I just think a lot of affection, effort, mm-hmm. communication's huge. We've went over that pretty mm-hmm. much the whole time. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not perfect, but as long as it's there and you guys are somewhat trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it'll mm-hmm. work. And I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, too, for him and I, we have gone through a lot. Um, he has another kid with his ex as well so they co-parent on that end and it's definitely a blended family on both ends all the way around there's just a lot going on and there is a lot of negative moments in the co-parenting it's not the co-parenting all around it's not easy definitely it's not mm-hmm. easy but we definitely are on the same team the same page and we let each other know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and at the end of the day it kind of is us against the world in a sense mm-hmm. and i think the fact that we just have each other's back to the fullest it definitely works mm-hmm. even in the hard times mm-hmm. even when we have our arguments and mm-hmm. we're not speaking or you know we're disagreeing there's still some amount of effort between us being mm-hmm. put there mm-hmm. to let us know like hey i don't agree with you and i don't like this but I love you, and it is what it is. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's and wonderful. That's deal, like when, yeah. especially when fighting, I feel like there's so much disconnect. And even if we are arguing, and you know, it's not the greatest, and say we make up, but I feel like there's still a disconnect. Both of us will be like, "Hey, I know we talked this out, and we mm-hmm. said we were sorry, but I still feel like there's a disconnect. So mm-hmm. we need to like figure, like really figure it out. Mm-hmm. So we don't let the disconnect go on or even happen for too long without one of us voicing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is it excellent. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you start disconnecting, then it starts, you know, people start wandering outside the household. Yes. Yes. So the communication is keeping you close, like bringing it back again to saying, hey, I'm still on your team or I'm sorry. I want to stay connected to you. This relationship is really valuable to me. I mean, I've even asked my husband questions like, do you think I'm a good wife? Is there anything you need from me so that I can be a better wife, make it easier for you to live with me? I mean, just really well, being in... I don't in- know if I could ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what answers I would get. I'd probably walk away silently like, okay. <laughs> Well, I remember asking my husband that years and years ago, uh, one of the times when he was going through a difficult time because his parents, his uh, parents had both died, deceased, and um, he was having a really difficult time. And I was like, well, how can I be a better wife to you, you know? And how can I make it easier for you to live with me? And his answer, this still cracks me up to this day, is like, how about never argue with me? And I just looked at him like, okay, does that mean like I don't have a voice or I can never say anything of an opposing opinion or like... (laughs) What does that mean? Yeah, gee, I don't want I don't want an answer like that. I don't know what to do with that. I'd be lost. Oh, like I don't know if I can do that. No. <laughs> I have been mindful not to argue. There is a difference, you know, with arguing versus like I hear what you're saying but then I feel this way. There's a different way to say it. But most most men that I've counseled, thousands of them that I've that I've counseled, you're pretty much hit it a nail on the head when you say they don't like the confrontation. They just want things to go smooth. And so when we start arguing and things aren't going smooth it just kind of it, they don't handle it well it's not something that they are welcoming <laughs> yeah so it's been an absolute delight Gianna 
reconnecting with you after 10 years. You shared such wise, wise things for our listeners on how to um, basically stay connected in the first marriage co-parenting, but yet have have an even better second marriage from everything you've learned. Um, so thank you so much for being a guest on our show, and I wish you all the best in your second marriage. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to do this again whenever I can. It was awesome. Wonderful. And may all good things continue to happen to you from the couch. Thank you. You are not alone. Also for-